Hey everyone, this is Rosalina. And this is Shauna. And we're your hosts for Too Young for This Shit podcast. This podcast is not just about boobs, but our journey with cancer. We are young millennials open about giving you our raw and unfiltered look into our lives. We are in no way medical professionals, nor are we offering medical advice. Any medical references are cited directly from public websites or from our personal diagnosis. Some topics and stories may be triggering to those who are fighting, have fought, or have loved someone with cancer. I'm Shauna. We're happy to be back. Yeah, we're going to talk about our life before breast cancer. So let's see. I mean, you know, we want our audience to get to know us. And we also just want to remember, you know, the good times before we dive into our cancer diagnosis in our next future episodes. I would say, like, life before breast cancer, I was living in... Seattle at the time and my happiest times was when I was around 25 to 27 years old especially since after I broke up with my ex-boyfriend things got better my energy was like really great so you were living in Seattle at the time broke up with your boyfriend and what just like putting yourself out there more yeah I was putting myself out there more I started to gain friends And I started to find a community as well. When I was younger, I used to do dance. And so I wanted to kind of bring that back into my life. And I found a dance studio for adults where we're able to go to class every week, perform in the month of May of just like our dance routines. Right. Like a a recital. Like a recital. Yeah. Right. And so (laughs) it was so much fun. Right. (laughs) And I was able to find that community. And what kind of dance? It was contemporary jazz, modern dance. Another thing that, you know, I really loved to do was I found aerial yoga I was like whoa this is so cool I want to be in the air and do all these tricks so I was able to find that studio gain friendships there too and like just go to class every week while I'm doing dance classes so I was able to like rekindle my hobby that I, I used to do but then also learn a new hobby as well so that was definitely you know the best times <laughs> I'm super jealous of your dance career. I got kicked out of uh, oh my God, ballet wait, at what? three. And that was the end of my, any dance, any dance career I ever had. But I'm like zero coordination, like none. Okay, you need to just explain why you got kicked out. <laughs> I think, I don't know. I think I just was like chatty and just like couldn't sit still. And like, <laughs> they asked me not to come back. Um, And I mean, like, yeah, growing up, I literally, I'm still at 32, like <laughs> zero coordination, zero rhythm. It was like a blessing that I think, <laughs> like I, that knew. was it. That was the end of it. You but I've always wanted to, ch- for you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I just, yeah, no. I mean, like I literally fall down the stairs like twice <laughs> a week. Like I just, <laughs> it's like no coordination. I'm like dying to try aerial yoga and I have like no upper body strength and no coordination. And I'm just like, this seems like a trip to the ER for me. <laughs> 
<laughs> you definitely would gain upper body strength. Like I didn't either, but like I went to class every yeah. week. And so I was able to lift myself up. So, uh, yeah, I think you should totally do it. It's, it's so yeah. much fun. Who knows? I'll basically try anything now after, after having breast cancer. I'm like, anything goes. Yeah. I would probably do some, some crazy things. So. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, how about you, Shauna? What was life before breast cancer? So I am the oldest of four. Um, my brothers and sisters are all, we're all pretty back to back. I have a sister that's 15 months younger than me, a brother that's three years. And then my youngest brother is the furthest apart. We're eight years apart. So growing up, I was a typical, like older sister, just ran the show with my mom, kind of like a second mom. Um, and just like a natural caregiver from like a really young age. And I started babysitting at a really, really young age. I was like 12 Mm -hmm. in charge of like two kids under five. I don't even know, like long (laughs) days too. It was like insane. I had like a full-time job in junior high and, um, it's crazy. And I, uh, just always babysat growing up and then kind of turned it into a full-time career as I got older. Like I nanny full-time now. And, um, I mean, professionally, like make really, really good money and, have a like I vacation days and you know like on the books and it's like legit I have a friend who does that for a living and I had no idea that you get all these benefits yeah yeah I mean it's like it's a legit job just like if you work at an Mm -hmm. office job yeah it is the only thing that's like harder is just it's like it's more personal you know like taking off is harder and like you feel guilty rather than like if I worked for a corporation and I had vacation days I'd wouldn't even like feel bad about it. I wouldn't even think twice. But um, you know, I've been able to make this like a career and I love my job. I love like I've been with families really long term. Everything that I've every job I've had has been long term. Every family my first family I've ever babysat for, they're now twenty five and twenty six. The oldest of the two, she went to college in the city and babysat for like the families that I've nannied for, like in the evenings. And it's like so funny how it's gone full circle. But like, I don't know, those relationships to me are like super important. And I like the longevity and I like the stability and I like the the routine. And that's just like who I am. I'm better with like, I don't know. Taking care of I other guess. people. Yes. I like don't yeah. know how to not do that. And, you know, being the oldest of four too, like my siblings are constantly calling me and we're constantly chatting, constantly like fully intertwined in each other's lives. And I'm just that person that's just like always been super reliable and super like consistent and there. Even like my friends, like I've very, a very close group. I have like a few different groups. Like I have like friends from, I went to a very small high school growing up. So these girls that I've been friends with since I was literally five are still very much in my life. You know, I have friends that I've met from like college and then I have friends that I've met you know just from like growing up out here but we're super tight-knit and we talk all the time and I'm just like my phone is constantly ringing my boyfriend is just like turn it off it doesn't stop you know and just constantly busy too like I go you know I go I work 50 hours a week and then still maintain a pretty active social life and I have a long-term boyfriend that I've been with for seven years and you know we have a dog that we're yeah Yeah, and like that's awesome I mean, we've had a couple of breaks in between, but for the most part, you know, it's been long, it's been a long time. And, you know, we have like his group of friends that we're constantly doing things with too. And they have like great girlfriends that I've become good friends with. So, I mean, we're just, I've always lived a super active, like hundred miles an hour type of life. (laughs) Yeah. And you've like 
also maintain like a good group of people that you've been friends with for a really long time as well. I think that's so awesome. Yeah. It's important to me. I, I don't know. I just any long like long term relationships in general are just so important to me. It's like where I put a ton of my energy into and I get it back. Like I really do. I have great people, especially throughout this journey that have been just super present, you know, mm. more present than they've ever been. And like, you know, I don't even know sometimes I can think like what I've needed out of certain people and they've just right. given it to, to, you know, like they've almost, I don't know, provided things for me that I don't even know I need at this time in my life. So it's been like really great. You know, I've had a lot of friends that have like dipped off too. They just don't know what to say to me and don't know how to deal. But like, you know, I've, I've maintained like really good relationships and that's like, yeah. And in so many different parts of my life too. Like I have, you know, friends I do certain things with, you know, I like love going to concerts. I love live music. This pandemic has legitimately everything. Like I I've gone like last year, I did not last year, 2019 was like my, the year of farewell tours. I saw we went back and Cher and Elton John and uh, saw Bon Iver, which was like a life-changing, like religious experience. Yeah. What type of music are you into? I mean, everything, like anything from R&B, not the biggest country music fan. There's like, you know, the hits that I like, you know, but not, I, I, yeah, it's like one genre that I'm like, there's certain songs that I can like, you know vibe too but not like I'm not going to like a country music concert it's just like not my not yeah my you scene. won't see me there <laughs> no I mean you might see me like in the parking lot like pre-gaming that I would do I heard I heard I honestly hear the tailgates for um country music concerts are like legit yeah I heard but, that uh, too <laughs> you might find me there <laughs> experience this summer I've booked a couple of concerts being like it's on a Sunday I have chemo on Monday it's gonna be fine I'm gonna feel like great you know like just trying to be like, I don't even care. I will be like dead dying still in an arena listening to some live music at some sort of concert. I don't even right. care. I'm there. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been wanting to go to concerts. I mean, I feel like everyone can relate, especially, you know, since the pandemic. But I love yeah. music as well. Like you mentioned, like all genres, you know, of, of course, except for country. Yeah. Sorry for the, yeah, those the last who really love country, but <laughs> the last concert I saw was a week before New York City shut down. I went to see Celine Dion, which was unbelievable. She's an oh, angel wow. on earth. And but it was in a sold out arena, like in New Jersey. And yeah. it's in Oh nice. You went to New I, Jersey. I did. <laughs> I go to I'll go to Jersey for some concerts and some sports <laughs> events. Um and Atlantic City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, I, it's like crazy to think, like I was thinking about it last week and literally teared up. Like I just missed that feeling of like the lights go down and then the lights turn back on and everyone just starts screaming. Like it's a high for me that like, mm -hmm. it's gotta be the equivalent of doing like some serious hard drugs. Cause it's like a high that I just, <laughs> I don't get from anything else. Like, I don't know. I like got so right. emotional. I started to tear up. My sister was like, are you all right? <laughs> You're like crying over a Celine Dion concert. I'm like, I know it was awesome. I just miss it so much. But her voice is probably so beautiful. She is a legit angel. Like, go. Yeah. I saw her in Vegas too. I highly recommend it. Oh, okay. So you saw her more than once. I, oh yeah, huge Celine Dion fan. I saw her in Vegas, um, and the night before we saw the Backstreet Boys. Again, that's like another like '90s 
I would love to see 90s them. music. Yeah. Oh, so good. Highly recommend. But got like completely blackout insane <laughs> and went to see Celine Dion the next day and was so dehydrated. My friend was like, are you crying? And I was like, I am too dehydrated to cry. Like we barely made it out that day. <laughs> we barely made it to Celine Dion. The last concert I went to, it was um, actually a festival. It's called Paradiso. It's only in Seattle area. Well, not actually in Seattle, but it's like four hours from Seattle. And um, it's kind of similar to if you ever went to like an EDM concert. Um, There's just like different stages and, you know, you camp out uh, for those like long weekends. And it was so much fun. Um, It was actually like my first house techno EDM type of concert and I would love to go to one again um you know when I'm able to I did a lot of those in like my my yeah. early 20s <laughs> a lot of like black and white on Governor's Island and nice. like EDC like the beginning of EDC and uh I mean just so many different festivals now it's funny I'm like anxious and crowds yeah. so I haven't been to a festival in like a while just because it's just overwhelming to me and if I'll, if I do go, um, you know, like governor's ball is like super close to my apartment in, in New York and, um, I'll go for like literally one band <laughs> or one, you know, and I'll go and just knowing the time they play and go for that. But I wish I could be that person that does like the all day festivals or like the weekend camping and like, it would just be like too overwhelming for Since me. Since the pandemic, like I get more anxious in crowds. I hope that that, you know goes away because I would love to just be in the crowd after basically a year and a half now of missing out on like things that everything I mean you missed out on everything like things that you like to do things you dislike to do like we missed out and maybe I'll be more like gung-ho about like I don't know you might see me like crowd surfing at the next festival I, would love I don't to know see that. <laughs> anything can happen I know anything can happen but um yeah I mean that's huge and like part of who I am is like going to concerts and going to shows and and um you know that's something that I love to do before the world shut down and before my cancer diagnosis and hoping to get back into more of that but yeah it's been a really um interesting time of fully only worrying about myself when I literally get Mm -hmm. paid to care for other people and you know, and have done Mm -hmm. that with my siblings and have done that like with my friends over the years and like legitimately I'm having an identity crisis of like having to learn how to fully only worry about myself right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's crazy because, um, especially during the pandemic when everything kind of like started to shut down in March and April of 2020, I was like, okay, cool. Like I get to work from home and I get to do all these happy hours with my cousin and friends. And so like every Friday, you know, I would like go to a grocery store, buy wine or beer, whatever it is, and just drink. Mm -hmm. And then I, then like that got old super quick. Yeah. I also realized, I don't know if you feel the same, but like I am worse in the privacy of my own home than I am at any bar in New York City. (laughs) <laughs> I have like all I have no self control. Uh and it did get old fast. It it did. Like I thought I was like, why not? It's gonna be a great two weeks of being at home. I thought it was legitimately only gonna be two weeks. And 
like everyone I think would have loved a two week break right. of just being able to stay home and catch up on whatever is they wanted to do. Yeah, I think everyone can can agree that like, you know, taking that break was was needed for a lot of people, especially, you know, when you didn't have a break before. Mm-hmm. Then I started to take care of my health. So um, I started to take care of my health physically. Um, I did this like diet program called RP and it's basically just an app where you just log in your um, like what you're eating like throughout the day and then you weigh yourself two times per week um, and it basically would calculate like you know how much you're losing and kind of tracks like you know every week until you end your diet so you can go for a diet for like you know six weeks 10 weeks whatever depending on how much you want to lose and so I did that program and I was able to lose eight pounds and so I was really excited and I was really um I don't know I think the pandemic um was really good to me in the sense that like I was able to focus on my health physically and I also got a therapist as well um, during that time so I was able to take care of myself mentally but what really blindsided me is like you know in 2021 when I was you know taking care of myself is when I found out I had cancer and so that was very shocking to me because I thought I was doing so well taking care of myself but there was just something else that I mean, was missing. Yeah, I feel like my body went into shock after, like when the pandemic hit. Like, like complete shock. I went from nannying for three kids, clocking like eight miles a day, running around New York City like a crazy person. <laughs> and then I went from that to Matt and I um, quarantined in my one-bedroom apartment in Queens. Um, so we were home. And New York City got hit with COVID, like, so hard and so fast that, like, there was a major fear of even, like, growing, going grocery shopping. So yeah. I went from being this, like, super active, all over New York City person to, like, couchbound, literally. And, um, you know, like, I started to gain, not, like, I didn't gain a ton of weight, but, like, I wasn't maintaining any like you know it was like easier to put weight on than it was to lose it because I wasn't as active as I normally was at the time I'm with a different family than I was nannying um in the beginning of the pandemic um but I was watching three kids and um their family was like super scared about COVID so I didn't work I it was great I got paid to basically stay at home so for months I did that I did it up until like August basically we started off in Queens and then eventually started quarantining out on Long Island where we're both originally from. And every day I got to go to the beach. I was like getting basically paid to like live this like super leisurely relaxed life. And I almost didn't recognize myself again because I was like, I'm a thousand miles an hour at all times. And it was like a totally different way of living life than I was before. Uh, I don't know if you feel the same. I could relate to that because before the pandemic, I was always on the go. Like I was barely home. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was always like, you know, maybe like going to like classes or I would meet up with friends or I would just go to events, like events to meet people. Like I met one of my good friends actually at an event. Like Mm -hmm. I, I just love, you know, 
going to a place or an event or whatever it is and just like meeting people yeah. that was my thing even though I would say like I'm kind of like an introvert in a way but I think I'm I, I think I need to give myself a little bit more credit that I can be an extrovert because I just like being around people but I also like you know being by myself I was never like a homebody never right and yeah with the pandemic like I had to be I feel you like I I didn't know how to let myself relax and then even in the times where I was able to relax I felt guilty for not doing something productive and that was like I think my, my biggest problem is like never letting myself to like allow myself to rest or like just chill out um and then like FOMO is like such a real thing of like you don't want to miss anything like you want to be like doing things and being busy and active and like I so I think that was like a huge thing of like having to also learn like let yourself chill out you don't have to attend everything like you don't have to be in all these different places at one time or like feeling like you're missing out on anything like it's okay to like chill out it's okay to rest um and then yeah and then I almost like I felt like I was almost too relaxed and then having all for that free time to be able to like oh, I could do this if I want, or I really don't have to because it's COVID. <laughs> and, you know, different certain, like, it was like a really weird adjustment period, I think. And I'm also somebody, I could chat with anybody. Literally, every Uber ever experience, I leave and I know their entire life story. It's the worst. It's the worst. Like, everyone makes fun of me. It's like, I literally, I left a one and Uber yeah. one crying. <laughs> the woman's, like, daughter had passed away from brain cancer and literally came out of the Uber sobbing. And I was like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, I was, like I, had, I was at happy hour. So he just thought I was like being drunk and crazy. And I wasn't. I was like, this poor woman. And I like, I, he's just like, you got to just chill. You, can you ever go in a car and not have to talk to somebody, you know? Um, so I can chat with anybody. But I'm also the oldest of four. And alone time for me is so crucial. My boyfriend was living in Detroit for a few years. And I was living alone and then got a dog. And like, then all of a sudden we were both quarantining together and there was like zero alone time. And I, I realized like how important that is for like my mental sanity, like having just like some time alone. And like, I also realized how much I enjoy doing things. That's alone. good. Certain things. That's good. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, even like anything from like picking what we're watching on Netflix sometimes causes like this huge blowout. And I'm just like, I would just watch whatever I want to watch. Like, you weren't here, you know, or like, I love like grocery shopping or shopping in general alone. Like I'm better doing that. Oh, my, me too. Better doing it myself. I love going alone. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Because also another thing too, is like, like when I go shopping, like I don't want to, I want to leave when I want to leave. I don't want to go to a store. Like I don't want to have to go to an extra store with you. And if you have to like stop to use the bathroom, I immediately hate you. Oh shit. <laughs> Immediately. I'm like, it is so annoying when I have to stop and like, cause you have to go to the bathroom. It's like, I can't just like, wait, I'm better. Let me go by myself. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just love going by myself because you know, like I, I feel bad if someone had to like wait for me because I'm in line to mm-hmm. like buy something that I really want. Um, yeah. So that's why I kind of want to go alone. But yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Like I didn't know how to relax either. Um, and mm-hmm. I would feel guilty too. Like if, if I was just sitting on my couch, not doing anything. I lived in yeah. like a studio apartment by myself. So um, just having that like whole place by myself was great. But like I didn't have a separate 
like bedroom or living room like my bedroom was a living room and so I had a tv in that space and I hated that like the only thing I was doing was just sitting on the couch watching right tv that wasn't my life before like I mentioned I was never I was really never home so like tv wasn't like a priority for me and now because I'm home like I like I don't know what else to do and so I just watch tv right yeah, and um like I, I guess like kind of talking about you know that you were the oldest um I'm actually the opposite so I'm the youngest and I'm the only girl <laughs> and so I have two older brothers that you know, could be a pain in the ass sometimes, um, and especially super protective as well. I don't know if your brothers are. I have two brothers. Okay. I know what that's yeah. like. Um, and so I, I'm also um, Latina as well. So um, I grew up in Hispanic households. You know, my parents were pretty strict. My brothers acted like a second and third father to me. It's It was so insane. And it was a lot. And and I think that's actually one of the reasons why I, like, after college, I just moved far away. <laughs> yeah. I moved across the country um, just so I can, like, live. That was your rebellion. Live my life. Yeah. Your I rebellion was super stage. rebellious. Yeah. Super rebellious. Mm-hmm. Um, wanted to, like, just live my life how I wanted to live. And yeah. um, no regrets. <laughs> and you're doing it you're doing yeah. it which is amazing yeah. super proud I would say that that was like even though that was this very scary time I'm super proud that I like pushed myself because I was able to learn more about who I was who I wanted to be um and especially trying to be financially independent was important to me as well because I didn't want my parents to not necessarily that they like controlled me with their financial state, but I, I just felt like, um, you know, if, if I didn't have my own money and I had to ask my parents for money, then that's the way that they can control me in the sense of like, you know, I need to stay home because like I'm giving you Absolutely. what you need and I didn't want that anymore. Right. I also think too, like having your own money too is also – and not meeting them also too in a weird way that's like your sense of being able to control your own life you know within those five years that I lived in Seattle like I did suffer <laughs> I like hated my jobs I, I didn't find like my purpose yet until you know I got unemployed um and then I had to like rediscover myself so I actually learned how to do like digital marketing, more specifically in the social media realm. And so I taught myself and then I was a consultant for this small startup company. And so within those three months, I like learned a lot and I basically convinced them that I was able to do the work, even though at that time I was learning to do the work. But that actually got me into a position at an advertising agency. And then that's how I kind of grown from there and started to realize that was my passion. And then I was recruited by a hiring manager into this other advertising agency in Seattle. And I felt like I made it. The office was in 
downtown Seattle, my commute would just be 20 minutes instead of like an hour and really felt like I made it. And, and that's why I said that during the years of 25 to 27, like that was like my happiest because I was rediscovering myself and I was able to do things, you know, what I wanted to do at that time. It's so, and like your twenties are so for that. Yeah. Like I'm 32 now. I I feel like I'm 80, but <laughs> I am 32. And, but like that's 25 and 26 were like great years for me too. 25 is when I moved to New York city. I grew up in a small town and moved and like it, it was, it's like, even though it was so close, it's like, you know, an hour and a half to two hours away. It's yeah. not like I moved across the country like you, but it's like a fresh it start. Is. and. Yep. It yeah, I it was great too. I mean, I had a lot of friends from home that lived in the same neighborhood as I did, so like there was still a sense of home when I wanted to. But it was nice. It's nice to like go to a different place and kind of like reinvent yourself and go through jobs and kind of find yourself, you know, find what makes you happy. And um, that's what your twenties are for. Totally. And so at 26, like, that's like my golden year, because my birthday is actually January 26. That year, like, I just went all out. <laughs> that was my 25th year, okay, for cool, sure. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah, 25 was like, the year. I didn't yeah. lose my mind, but I like, I did in a good way. I was open to it was also too before I moved to New York City, I was living with my grandmother taking care of my grandma. And Again, it was kind of like I moved to New York and it was like, again, only having to kind of really take care of myself, even though I was working and, you know, still a caregiver, like I was living on my own and not having to care for somebody in my own home. Yeah. And, but it was like, I lost my mind in like such a good way, yeah. putting myself out there, doing all these things. I was dating Matt at the time, like newly and just like a lot, you're experiencing so many firsts, which is, you know, like super exciting. You're just busy and happy and it's yeah, good. Like like you're living absolutely life. and yeah. like on your terms on your yeah. terms which is like there's yes. no parents or like no nothing holding you back so you're able to like make these mistakes some are good some are bad but like you're able to like learn yourself and like being on your own two feet and just really going through it like experience yeah I think um experiencing your first whatever like you know I experienced my first apartment by myself I moved across country by myself um it's just like all these like different experiences. Mm -hmm. I think you like learn to know who you are and and know like what you like and what you don't like. Like what you mentioned um, is it's really special. And <laughs> I I definitely loved who I was before, and I want to keep that going. And and it's it's pretty hard, I would say, yeah. to do that especially when you are quote-unquote sick I, I agree with that I mean who I was at 25 and who I am at 32 or is is night and day like I'm at the point now where like I don't I don't have the FOMO really anymore like I don't feel like I'm constantly missing out on things I mean I do I do a little bit just because of like I said like pandemic and now with being sick like we don't really get to join the real world again you know as everything's opening up because we're yeah. immune compromised right now from chemo and still have to be super careful and cautious, even though mm -hmm. like, I mean, I'm still going to restaurants and like, yep. still like, I'm still trying to Same. grab a sense of normalcy again, but still have to be super cautious. I mean, like I go through mm -hmm. wet wipes, like 
it's nobody's business. I'm constantly washing my hands and constantly fearful of getting mm-hmm. sick or whatever. But, you know, I don't, I don't fear the missing out anymore. And I don't know, I think too, from the time I was 25 to now 32, self-care is very more present than it was then. You know, I think it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but yeah. I mean, seven years is, is, is a long time. And I don't, I don't remember like, like allowing myself to rest, allowing myself to like chill and like process things and just like, you know, now I, I allow myself to do that and take care of myself more. Like, like you said, you've now, you know, the last year or so have like really ta- have taken control of like your, your health mm-hmm. of like using all natural stuff, eating healthier, you know, and then now, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. we're sick, you know, we're, we're dealing with other health concerns. It's, I don't know. I think self, yeah. like, I think in your early twenties, I don't think like we think about self care like we do now as we're getting older. No, not at all. Yeah, and and that that definitely is crazy to think that like you know in our early twenties we didn't care what we put in our bodies, we didn't care about like what we put on our face or and stuff like that. And now since you know, I'm in my late 20s and you're in your early 30s, like now is the time that we actually think about those things. Right. And also almost too, like less is more. Like I remember the make, you know, makeup and cosmetics and like, you know, thinking every vitamin and everything is just going to make my skin amazing. And now I'm like, Cetaphil's fine. Like the yep. most natural, whatever, like minor gentle whatever is like that is enough like I don't need to go crazy and buy like all these serums and acids and all this crazy stuff like it's like you know the basics are fine yeah exactly and um you know I'm starting to appreciate like little things here and there like you know waking up early and making myself breakfast because now I realize that that is a time where I actually enjoy being at the table and eating my breakfast alone and looking out the window. It's just like my time, you know, to relax and also my time to just be in tune with myself. And so before that, that wasn't my priority at all. When I was at the agency in Seattle, I would wake up super late and I would just be in a rush always I would wake up around like you know 8 30 and then I had to be in the office at nine and so I would like quickly change and just like hop on the bus and just go and wouldn't even eat breakfast and so now it's important to me to like wake up early and eat breakfast because we need Mm -hmm. to take care of our bodies and I realized that (laughs) I am like not a breakfast person I think majority of it is that I just don't like breakfast foods. I don't eat eggs. I don't like pancakes. I don't like French toast. I mean, I eat pancakes like twice a year and it's like, I got to yeah. be in a real special yeah, mood to eat them, you know, like, and, um, but I'm the same thing. I mean, I was on the train, you know, on the subway at 7am to go to work, you know, when things were normal. And by the time I did school drop-offs and then pickups from preschool, it's like, it's 1145 and I still have not eaten anything. And the only thing I've had is like four cups of coffee, you know, and like, that's what, I mean, I like, I probably should have had like an IV of coffee. Like that's, that's what yeah. like got me to run eight miles a day in New York city. But, um, you know, 
Yeah, it's super important to just, but even the morning too, like sitting down, Matt is like a huge breakfast person. He would eat eggs for every meal a day. And like, he wakes up and the first thing he does is like makes this like massive breakfast and I could like never understand it. Like, you know, now I'm like, okay, with like, I have like Rice Krispies is like my jam. Yeah, like yeah. that would be like, that's like as breakfasty as it gets for me. And I'm okay with it, but like we do, we sit right. down in the morning and we'll, we'll do that together yes. or, you know. But that morning time is great. Like, I've, I'm up early every day, too. I think my body's just, like, set for that now. And, you know, it's also, too, it's nice, like, mm-hmm. to not feel run down, like, from running all over the place or going out and, like, waking up hungover. And especially now, and I'm 32, and a hangover lasts about two and a half days where you're just, like, full-on miserable. And, like, I, you know, I'm kind of – not that I'm, like, a big drinker, but, like, I am social. I go out and, like, have cocktails and go to nice dinners and things like that. but you know, it's kind of like taking that out of the mix too has been different, you know, like the energy that I have in the morning and like the things that I want to do now. I, I adopted, um, a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, um, when I was 30 and that was the best thing that chilled me out. Like I wanted to be home with him and he's like super anxious and neurotic, just like my, and we like feed off each other's anxiety. So like I was scared to leave him home alone and still am to this day. Like we have to get another, we have to get him a sibling. Like, you he's guys just need anxious. to follow him on Instagram because he's the cutest little thing. <laughs> yes. At Phoenix, the calf King. He is hilarious. It's the best decision I ever made, but it like calmed me down and kept me home. And like, I needed that. I like fully, that's the best thing I could have done for myself. Like truly during the pandemic I didn't know when things were going to change meaning when I needed to go back to the office it was still unknown but then when I realized that um this is going to be you know taking a a little bit longer um then I decided to have a puppy because I wanted to be there for my pup throughout like every day um and not you know, leaving him home and and not seeing him grow up. My dog, Louie, is the sweetest little thing. He's about seven months now, and he has so much puppy energy. could be completely wild sometimes, but he's been a godsend that just provides so much support and love. Yeah, the dog thing is, I don't know, like, especially now, too, going through treatments, he's just, like, right by my side, and, like, it's seriously the best feeling, and, but being there for, like, I, I got Phoenix, and he was four months, he's now two and a half, but he, thank God, didn't chew on anything, but I was so anxious to, like, leave him, and, like, he, the breed in general, my family has them, um, they're super, they have, like, crazy separation anxiety, and then, add my anxiety on top of that of just it's like I just couldn't leave him home so he went to doggy daycare when I was at work and he's he's like never home like he's rarely home alone he was home alone today for actually no he came with me he wasn't even home alone today the other day we went out and he was home for a couple hours and like he would not leave me alone when I got home like he was like on top of me licking me he was just like we left him alone for like an hour and a half it wasn't even anything like crazy and he just like can't handle it I can relate to that. I live with my current boyfriend, Brian, and my puppy loves Brian. Like, he definitely loves me more. <laughs> so, 
whenever I leave, he would whimper, he would cry, even if I leave for like 10 minutes. He is just so ecstatic and happy and like wagging his little butt, even they though he doesn't have a tail, but like. <laughs> can't control themselves. It's like, yeah, Phoenix like will jump on the couch and watch us pull out of the driveway when we're on Long Island and Matt thinks it's the cutest thing. And I'm like, we are terrible parents. Look how sad he is. We're leaving him. It's like, we're awful people. And Matt's like, it's fine. Like, it, you need to stop. Like, <laughs> you're the reason he's like this. <laughs> and, and it's so true. It's bad. Um, but it's so heartbreaking. Every time we pull out of the driveway, you see him looking out the you window. You need to take a picture next time because I would yeah. love to see that. <laughs> I have pictures. I'll put it on Instagram. I have pictures. It kills me. It's so, uh, he's so cute. And it's so sad at the same time. We went to uh, yesterday, look. Um, my friend breeds cavaliers and cavi poos mm -hmm. so she had a litter of cavaliers I think a few weeks ago so we went yesterday I was like we need one we need one <laughs> and that's like no we don't you have enough going on we have to eventually find a new apartment because after COVID like after quarantine our apartment's just too small for the three of us and he, but Phoenix needs a brother or a sister. <laughs> yeah, and then Matt's like, he's never going to forgive you. I'm like, stop. He's going to be like, at least then I can feel better when we leave and he has somebody. Right, exactly. Like, and I'm like, every, like everything is chaotic. Like, let's just add to the chaos. Like, right. what, what's, what's, <laughs> what else let's could be bring worse? It, you know, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm like, I, I literally pull the cancer card and like we need another one yeah <laughs> no I think um, I pulled it I pulled it I think uh I think it's it's important to allow yourself to let people know that you have cancer actually when you're on the phone with your health insurance or when like you're having an appointment you just need to pull it out sometimes you're like listen i have cancer and i need this appointment i think it's fine to pull like the cancer card sometimes oh yeah it's funny i feel like i have a few like i haven't pulled it nearly enough yeah, i feel like, like i could yeah. use that just to get out of it like that's like my get out of jail free card for anything at this point but i haven't really used it but i have friends that have used it like i have a friend that's called me and is like uh, don't, don't come visit me at work. I told them I had to come meet you. I'm like, well, where are you going? So like, oh, I'm going to go meet so-and-so oh, for shit. lunch. I was like, <laughs> okay. I was like, you want to hang out after? She's like, I can't, I got to go back to work. And I'm like, I can't, I, yeah, I don't need you right. longer. Like, I don't understand. But you know, I feel like, yeah, I no, it's, I think too, it's like definitely important to have a, like a weird, I have a weird sense of humor about my diagnosis. I, you know, like yeah. kind of dark and like kind too. of, yeah. you know, like. <laughs> I, I need you need to it, like especially this like I you know I made a couple of jokes and my sister is like dead on like looked at me and been like I'm not ready to joke about this and I'm like all right I, I get it yeah. like you're not but I need to I need to talk about this I need it to be funny yeah I I agree because that's just the way that we cope with our sanity um like just to yeah. laugh at you know our diagnosis because it's already hard on us like you know we need something to just laugh about a hundred percent yeah and like a my very like my hairdresser who's my very good friend kathy you know she she texted me and she's like this is the first you know last weekend was memorial day weekend she's like this is the first memorial day weekend in years that i'm off i don't have a wedding booked 
because she does hair and does like weddings and yeah and for me too like every this is I think well last year was really the first but I think we were supposed to have a like I haven't been at a wedding on Memorial Day weekend and she's like mm-hmm. so my first Memorial Day weekend off in years and you have to go and get cancer and I'm like <laughs> I thought it was so funny I'm like I know it's ridiculous yeah. but like you know it's like I have friends that like can super joke around about it and then like I have my sister and like my dad who it's like there's not even I can't even slightly joke like they're just not okay with it yeah same um my mom is pretty like emotional person and I can't joke with her about yeah. cancer yeah um and I respect yeah. it I was you know not everyone can have a sense of humor and especially I think parents are are hard um you know I don't have a relationship mm-hmm. with my mom but my dad has taken it very very hard and I'm just mm-hmm. a super independent person I'm normally taking care of everyone else and he wants to help me and I've just kind of got it covered you know like my um NYU has made it really easy they've made all my appointments they've contacted my insurance like everything is kind of covered I feel like I just keep giving him like almost like little jobs to like kind of like let him help me you know and yeah for him to feel like yeah he just wants to help me and my stepmom has even been like let him do something for you please because he just feels so helpless and it's like okay like I'll give you a random project but you know it's there they're not there and we're their kids and it's just not and I respect I respect it totally like I totally understand not Mm -hmm. being okay with having this be funny because it's not funny I mean I mean realistically what we're going through is terrible and yeah yeah you know and it's really not funny but you know I think that if I didn't have even the slightest bit of sense of humor this whole situation for me would be yeah I think I would be way more depressed for sure um if didn't have something to like laugh about which is like something else that you know we wanted to like let you guys know is that sometimes we are gonna joke around a bit just because that's just the way that we cope with our diagnosis. And so hopefully no one takes offense to what we say um, because I yeah. feel like this is what we mentioned before. This is already hard on us. No, I kind of just hope you got a little bit of a sense of like who we are as people and who we were before the pandemic and who we were growing up and who we are kind of like before cancer kind of took hold because like after I think this experience like we're never going to be the people we were before no um unfortunately not and you know I'm still grieving a little bit of who I was before because you know I'm trying to like get that person back but I think it's gonna take a long time even get like that person back or just like realizing that I'm never going to be that person and so I just need to move on Definitely. I feel like I've grieved a lot too. I think what I'm grieving the most is the fact that I'll never be this carefree person again. And uh, yes. you know, cancer is just going to forever be in the background. Is it coming back? Is my meds, you know, like you're just constantly going to be thinking about scans and reoccurrence. And then also too, having to take, we're going to have to take hormone therapy after this is over, you know, yeah. constantly having to deal with that. Being, you know, there's just, there's never going to be a day where it's not relevant. And yeah. that is the part that I'm grieving the most. It's just not do, like, I'm just never going to be this person that in, will never think about this again. A hundred percent. And yeah, I, 
I'm the same way too. Like, you know, I, I really miss my old self where I was just carefree and I didn't really necessarily had to worry so much about my health because every time I just go to the doctor, they say that I'm like healthy. And that is the thing that kills me the most is that this cancer diagnosis just hit me all of a sudden. And now I'm not considered healthy anymore because, you know, I have to worry about what if it comes back and taking all these meds. And so, yeah, it's, it's going to take a long time. Right. And that, that word healthy is like weirdly triggering, not triggering, but it annoyed me because I remember going to appointments with my breast surgeon and then meeting the oncologist and then them telling me, you're going to handle this. You're going to bounce back from this because you're young and healthy. Yeah. And I kept being like, am I healthy? Like I had cancer at 32 years old. Am I healthy? Am I considered healthy? And I, it almost like pissed me off in a weird way because I just like, you keep telling me yeah. I'm healthy, but here I am in your office dealing with cancer, uh, with breast cancer that like women our age don't experience this early. A lot of women our age don't experience it this early. And I don't know, that was a really hard word for me during this. I would say I was very confused. My physician would say I was healthy and then I came. Yeah knowing that I have this cancer and then even then my oncologist would tell me like I'm a young healthy person and what you said Shauna it's so confusing what does that word actually mean then right like I'm like so much more conscious of what goes in now and I think that that is like such a benefit of this this journey you know like there has been a lot of positives I guess like you know just who I spend my time with now is so important what energy where I put my energy is so important yeah I agree it hasn't been all that what you mentioned now I I'm more aware of what I put in my body even though I'm such like a sweet tooth and love candy but I'm just trying to be more aware that maybe that is not something that I need to put into my body anymore. I feel like we're also going through chemo. And if you want to have that candy bar, go for it. Like treat yourself. Like our bodies are going through so I much have right no now. Self-control. You, treat yourself. <laughs> I don't know. You're, I, I wish, I mean, I am like nothing tastes good and I'm living on watermelon and et cetera. And, and that's it. Like, you know, I, I, part of me is like grateful that I'm not eating crap. But the other part of me is like, it's okay to have a popsicle if I want to have a popsicle or a pint of ice cream or a candy bar or an edible or whatever. It's okay. You know what you mentioned about putting our energy into where it's needed. I, I think that's super important and something that I'm like actually learning because like now that I live in a new city in Los Angeles, you know, I told myself I don't need to feel pressure into like trying to fit the LA lifestyle you need to consider who you want to be and, and who you are and knowing that all these different people who are living different lifestyles as you may not fit you know who you want to be so I, I think I'm pretty grateful in this sense I'm actually learning that throughout this journey as well yeah I don't know if it's, um, I agree with you. I don't know. I don't know if that's like an East Coast, West Coast thing, because I don't feel like that living in New York. Yeah. Like, I feel like nobody's trying to live any type of lifestyle. Everyone is just like doing their own thing. And that, that's <laughs> the one thing I love about New York. Right. Like, nobody gives a fuck what you're doing. Nobody cares. 
nobody's trying to keep up. I mean, I'm sure that there are certain people yes. that are like, you know, like socialites that are trying to keep up with each other. But like, the one thing I love about New York is like nobody gives a fuck. And sometimes it's great. Yes. To not feel like I have to keep up with anything. If I didn't live so close, <laughs> um, I would definitely would have lived in New York. I just felt like it was super close to where I lived before. Oh, definitely. You you wanted you wanted a fresh start and an escape. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I needed to move across country, but yeah, I I agree. Like people in New York don't give a fuck, but in the West Coast, it's, it's a bit different for sure. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like also, too, it's, like, I feel like it's good to also, like, like want to care about something, you know, or, like, want to be something and, like, have goals and, like, have, like, achieve this different type of lifestyle, especially mm-hmm. when you grow up on the other coast that doesn't give a fuck. I think that that's, like, it's admirable mm-hmm. to want to, like, fully emerge yourself into, like, your new, your new start. I like how you, you know? worded that. that that's that's really cool to think about yeah right it's not like it's not I definitely don't think it's like a weakness to want to be like so LA you know (laughs) like no it's definitely it's like you know you're like you are in a new city Mm -hmm. of course like you want to try to kind of like reap the benefits of your environment I totally get that Mm -hmm. yeah but I don't know we'll we'll see how things go you know but um yeah I think that's just our episode and we hope you guys enjoyed it and got a better sense of like who we are as people because you know this like diagnosis doesn't define who we are it doesn't no it doesn't and you know we were people before this and we'll be different people after this but you know it's not gonna consume us and that's so important i think in this journey yeah i think um for any of you guys out there that are listening we are all going through this together if you know you're you're going through this as, as well and um just know that like even though we've never met you guys um we are here for you too what we said before in our intro is that like this could be really isolating um and you feel the sense of like loneliness and we don't want you to feel that way when you listen to our podcast and again we met on a young survivors support group you know i have met women on instagram that are going through the same thing like you know you don't have to do it alone you can find a sense of community with us or you know really with any way that you feel comfortable because it is it's nice to have somebody on your level that's experiencing the same thing you know you don't have to do it alone for listening to our podcast sharing our stories with you has been incredibly healing for both of us and we hope it helps other women in their journeys through breast cancer ladies if you enjoy this episode please share it with your friends help us reach more women by subscribing and rating us on apple podcast and spotify you can also follow us on instagram at t-y-f-t-s podcast and our email is t-y-f-t-s podcast at gmail.com We will link any resources from the episode in our show notes.